listening to For the Love of God Pod. For the Love of God Welcome to For the Love of God Podcast, a show for Christians that keep it real. Whether you're new to Christianity, a seasoned Christian, or dipping your toes in the baptismal water, this show is for you. Join us and strengthen your Christian walk. Play games and discover new music. This ain't your mama's Christian podcast. Okay, welcome back. Uh, this is part two of the seven letters of the church. I am here with the boys, but I'm not technically as I record this. I didn't know I was going to divide the episode in two, but right where we left off, enjoy. The compromising church, uh, the per- the church of Pergamos, did I say that right? Pergamos? Pergamum. Per- oh, well, it doesn't say that here. This Pergamos. Pergamum? Pergamum. Or, yeah. or apparently, Capricamos. Yeah, there you go. Apparently. So, I mean, who am I to argue with the, the text in front of my eyes? <laughs> <laughs> Says, these things say, who has the sharp two-edged sword? I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you, because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put the stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit sexual Immorality, thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent or else. Okay. So what do they got right? Say again. What's this church got right here? The church of Pergamum, they're doing something right. What do they got right? Well, Rick is ready to burst over here. Go ahead. No, 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 no go ahead. Because Just go back up to the first, the first couple of verses there. Okay. In that section. The, the, that's where he starts. The two-edged sword, I know your work's... And where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. Essentially, they remained loyal. They remained loyal to the name and the word of Christ. That's what they got right. You refused to deny me, even when Antipas, my faithful witness, was martyred among you there in Satan's city. There you go. That's it right there. So, there, so as a whole, the church was still standing, you know, faithful, even in the event of, even in the situation where there was persecution, martyrdom. However, comma, they were teaching some bad things. They were, uh, they were literally fostering sin. And so this church absolutely needs, needed needs to repent of what they were teaching or, or what they are teaching and turn to God. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that, that hits the nail on the head for a lot of churches and a lot of people who are teaching the wrong thing. How many churches do we have? I, I was driving downtown a couple of uh, months ago, and sure enough, I pass a church with the you know pride, gay pride flag hanging on the front of it, teaching the wrong things, causing people to sin. Um, I think you know, and I, I don't necessarily need to call out every church in the world, but any church that uh, is promoting this prosperity gospel. Lead, they're teaching information that's leading a lot of people to greed. I'm not saying there aren't people who follow that path and don't have a good heart and they really want to do the right thing. But as a whole, a lot of people are being steered in the wrong direction. And so he's saying, you got to repent. Churches, you got to repent. Get back to truth. So if you're not familiar with the story of Balaam from the Old Testament, uh, turn to Numbers chapter 22 through 24. And uh, you'll, you'll, the story of uh, Balaam and his donkey is actually a rather funny one. But essentially, what happened um, is that King Balak offered Balaam an exorbitant amount of money to curse Israel. And every single time he went to try, he wound up actually blessing Israel <laughs> until he figured out a way around the curse that was on him. And he figured out how to tell King Balak how to really hurt Israel. And it worked. And how he, he got them to, to really hurt Israel was the introduction of sexual, sexual immorality 
and also uh, I think there was a second part of it. Oh yeah, they're the forcing them to break the 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 covenant laws for eating at that time. Mm-hmm. So if you find somebody who's looking for ways around what Christ teaches, you're dealing with that spirit of Balaam. Right. And that's why I brought out this, uh, you know, the, the homosexuality is a great example because I've heard many folks say, well, you know, uh, I know the Bible says it's wrong, but these are new times that people think differently and they're looking for some way around it. You know, God also teaches love and we should love everybody. What's and wrong it, with love, Pastor Rick? Right. What's wrong with love? And anytime you you start, as you said, anytime you start working your way and worming your way around scriptures and around truth, you're you're just you're in a not good situation. And so Jesus' warning here, you know, God's warning to us is repent, which means don't just ask forgiveness, but turn from your ways and turn to God and turn to his truth and his guidelines. And you're going to be just all right. Yeah. Okay. Um, next church, the corrupt church, the church of Thyatira. Thyatira. See, he, he just assumed I didn't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> I know, right? That's so rude. I know. That's so rude. <laughs> See, I, I even kept my mouth shut when you said Ephesus, uh, you know. You know, <laughs> just for that, <laughs> you're getting. just too wide and nerdy. <laughs> Now remember, Jason, forgiveness is important. So I forgive you. Make sure that you forgive yeah. him. You don't want that. I forgive you. you and God. I'm I, working. I'm working on forgiving him for for recording and putting that button back in. The <laughs> <laughs> He's working on it. You better hurry. <laughs> Just do it before you give your offering. You, you, know, you might not make it home tonight. <laughs> All right. So back to Thyatira. Thyatira. These things I say. These things says the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman, Jezebel. <laughs> so let me, let me just pause you there for a second. The, the last is more than the first. What that means is constant improvement. You're constantly getting better. Right. All right, so continue. Who calls herself a prophetess, a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. Wait a minute. That's the same thing that other one said. If you don't know who Jezebel is in the Old Testament, you need to know who Jezebel is in the Old Testament. Yeah, and you've heard Jezebel in modern days you're such a Jezebel, you know, <laughs> say, yeah, she was a rather evil. Maybe I, you could argue she was probably one of the most evil women of the old Testament. Not a nice lady. Yeah. And, uh, let's see. Indeed, I will cast her into a sick bed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent. Uh, I will kill her children with death and, all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give each, of, each one of you according to your works. So not just, not just your heart, but your intentions, he sees. Yeah. Yes. So, so, uh, so in this particular church, you know, uh, what is the first, what is the things he commends? Well, he says they have love, they have faith. They service. have service. They're serving each other. They're serving people. And they have patient endurance through trials and troubles and that sort of thing. And consistent improvement. And they are, yes. And it says, and I can see your consistent improvement in all of these things. So they're, they're striving to become better. Um, they're going through, they're allowing the Holy Spirit to take them through the sanctification process. That is consistently getting better. However. However, comma, there is... There's some concern here because they are allowing, and, and this is, and I think these are, these could be two different people, so to speak, two, again, the church is made up of individuals. So even though some of you church are doing these things, there are some who are leading people astray or in particular a person. So there's, there's two ways you can look at this. There was either a person, a woman at 
at this particular church by the name of Jezebel, which is uh, unlikely. <laughs> probably not. Um, or what's happening here is there is a woman teacher who has the spirit of Jezebel in her. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the way I the would more that. likely of yes. the two scenarios. I agree with you. So uh, if you do not know what the spirit of Jezebel is, you need to read up on who Jezebel is to understand the spirit that drove her. Right. But ultimately, there are a lot of teachers today in the modern church, a lot of women-led pastors. That's, that's a dangerous, dangerous area where a lot of disagreement can occur. But whenever that occurs, you have the danger of the Jezebel spirit coming forth. So just be aware of that and tread very carefully. Follow your Bible. Yes. I'm not sure what you meant by that. Can you, can you reiterate that for me? Sure. So in a lot of modern churches, there are now women pastors, um, like lead, lead pastors that are women. Right. And what you're seeing in this passage here is that there, I'm not saying that all women pastors are Jezebel. I'm saying that the spirit of Jezebel is a possibility when dealing with women churches. So just be aware of that. I'm not even sure I could, I, I guess, you know, I think it doesn't matter about whether it's male or female. I think that the, the warning is to allow the spirit into, you know, into the church, into leadership, into people that would steer people astray. So I think that's the key here. And I think that can be male or female. You're not wrong. Yeah. I, I think either way. I was just being a little more, um, Specific, literal, literal and specific, right. <laughs> in terms of the interpretation there. Right. And I, I really think that uh, th- this warning could apply to either. I think it's very, very easy to, to um, well, to basically allow the enemy to, to make us want something so bad that we begin to teach false teachings and lead people astray. And there's a lot of reasons why that happens, why we allow it. But the enemy's just simply trying to gouge the church and trying to take it out. And we sometimes, being people in the church, will allow it because we want something that that the enemy says, yeah, you can do this. And we want that. And so then we start teaching others to feel better about it. And uh, another thing that can kind of add on top of that is, this type of teaching appeals to your ego. They love to focus on concepts like deeper truths, which mm-hmm. are actually not truths at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so just be, be very careful. If you are going to a church that's stroking your ego, you are possibly in a dangerous place. Just be aware of that. Yeah. Pride was the first sin or it was the, uh, well, it led to the first sin. You will be like God. Sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's why Adam and Eve ended up out of the pool. <laughs> All okay. right. So next church. Next church starts in chapter three. Uh, these things says, he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works, that you have the name that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments. And they will shall work with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot his name out of the book of life. So this is kind of the first church he mentions that has no redeeming qualities. No, the, yeah, we, in Sardis, it's like all bad. He's saying, you, you say you're a church that's alive. You say you love Jesus. Yeah, but you're dead. You're, <laughs> you're dead. Not doing you're like, anything you need to it. repent. <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot. I think that we can see churches today that are like that where they're just dead. Well, they're, let me give you an example of this uh, where you might be dealing with this as part of your, uh, of your walk. If you go to church and you blend into the background of a large church and you are not actively taking a role in the church, in the mm-hmm. form of ministry, whatever your ministry you're calling is, if, if you are just going and participating, 
you are in danger of being in this, this particular church. It's because they're not doing. Right. And, and I know that we've talked about that particular issue on other uh, episodes, but doing is driven from our love to God. Uh, once we have a relationship with God, once we enter into a relationship with Christ and we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, the Holy Spirit compels us and gives us the power and the desire to do that which pleases God. And therefore, the fruit or the evidence of salvation is obedience to God's word, yep. which is going to be not just and not just uh, avoiding sin, but doing those things that God has called us to do. And so if the church is not showing that fruit, then it is dead. And that makes sense. When you look at a tree and it doesn't have any fruit on it, you know, there's something wrong, right? Typically that tree is on its way out. And one of the, the things that the tree produces is leaves. If you see no leaves and no fruit on a tree, it's dead. It is dead. <laughs> and he looks at this church and said, you know what? You say you're alive. I see your trunk there. I see the branches, but you're dead. You're not producing any fruit. You're not producing new Christians. Most likely you're not, produ- you're not taking care of one another. You're not using your spiritual gifts. Um, And so realize, we have to realize in the modern day church that our church is called to do something. Um, You know, in in a group, kind of looking at the church as a whole, another example of this, like Nate pointed out, the individual, um, if you're not participating, um, if you're not, if you're just going to church and sitting and listening and going home and forgetting it for a week, you are really not showing the fruit that, that Christ is talking about here. Another example of this would be there are churches out there that are just focused solely on fellowship. It's just a fellowship. They get together, they have ice cream socials, they meet, you know, and that's their primary thing. There's no ministry going on. There's, there's no outreach. It's just getting together for fellowship. That's an example of a dead church. Mm-hmm. They're just simply not doing the work that God has called us to do. So we have to realize that, um, God tells us that we are made anew in Christ Jesus to do the work he planned long ago. And so if we're not doing that work, we got to stop and say, hey, are we really alive in Christ? Okay. We got two more to go. You want to go to the next one, Jason? Yep. Okay. Now, these are the good guys right here. This is the Church of Philadelphia. The not to be consumed church. or not to be confused with the Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. Correct. <laughs> These things, who is holy, who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it for you have little strength, have kept my word. And have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet. And to you know that I have loved you because you have kept my command to preserve. I will also keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. It's a good church to be in. Right yeah. Pretty so straightforward. This, yeah, this is a church that just simply persevered uh, this is the through church. persecution, through, yeah, go ahead. This is the church that receives the promise of, of not having to experience God's wrath mm-hmm. in the end times. So, um, yeah, this is the church we want to be a part of. Right. Patient perseverance. That is so out of the norm for American people. <laughs> it is just, I mean, it is, we are not patient and we don't want any, we don't want to persevere through anything. If we don't like it, we get something new. If we don't like our job, we quit. If we don't like our family, we divorce them. 
Um, you know, I'm not talking about faith, Christ followers here. I'm just saying as a whole in America, we just don't put up with what we don't want. And uh, here the church is commended for being patient perseverers, if that's a word. Perseverers, does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. We're going to go with it anyway. So there's a, a, a word here that's described for this particular church that um, is not a very well-liked modern word. And if you go back to verse 7, it says, this is the message from the one who is holy and true. Okay? Holy. This is the church that is holy. They're, they're following God's word. They're being obedient. They're walking in faith. They're actually right. doing a ministry. They're not waiting to be told what to do. It's probably a good way to look at it. They're, they're going out and they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Pastor Rick has said before, it's much easier to steer a moving car than one that's stopped. Right. They're not perfect, but they're moving forward. That's right. But they're also Christ-like. They're, they're, right. they're, they're exemplifying the holiness. Right. And, that, and, you know, we are all called to be holy. The Bible says we are to be holy as God is holy. Does that mean we are to be like God? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it's saying. Now, our, that should be our attempt. And when you find yourself saying, eh, you know, I can never be perfect, so, you know, God will just have to accept me the way I am, and I'm sure he'll forgive me. You're you not are, at this church. <laughs> you, are, you are not a part of the church of Philadelphia, and you are in a world of hurt, potentially. And There's so, a, you know, God says you need, to, uh, you need to be holy. That means you strive for holiness regardless of whether you know that there's going to be some inevitable failures. But you don't use that as an excuse. You still pursue holiness as if everything depends on it. I, I once, uh, there was a wise man I knew by the name of Jody who, who said, uh, if you aim for the eagle, but you bag the pheasant, at least you don't eat crow. <laughs> There you go. There you go. I, I think that we just use that, uh, our excuse. We use the excuse we can't be perfect so often. And I, you know, I, I just think God's got to get tired of hearing that noise. We, we, you know, he says, look, you must be holy as I am holy. And he doesn't just write things in the word just to, you know, blow smoke. He's being straight out. You must be holy as I am holy. You pursue holiness. You, you are obedient to me. Will you stumble? Yes. There'll be times when you stumble, but you don't use it as an excuse. Let me be blunt. Your inability to be perfect is no reason not to try. Yeah. I think that's well said. Sure. Certainly. Well said. Okay. And lastly. Which leads us to l- the lukewarm church. Which the, is? The Church of Laodicean. Yeah. See, oh, look at that. that. He's all over it. See, I didn't doubt. I knew you were going to get it. Thank you, sir. I believe in you, sir. I, 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 I thank you. Okay. So, so we actually had a, an episode about the lukewarm church. And so we're going to kind of just breeze through this. Basically, I mean, I'm not even going to read the scripture. Um, well, I will actually. I'm just going to read it quickly. Um, I know your works. You are neither caught... N- Cold nor hot. I wish you would be cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth because you say I am rich, have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich in white garments that you may be clothed that the same for your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint with your eyes and I solve and, and anoint your eyes with I solve, 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 salve, salve. Well, why the L anyway? Uh, that, same reason we have a bouquet of flowers. I don't what know. The See, L? I know salve. I know salve, but never read salve. Do you buy the salve? <laughs> anyway. I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. Basically. Well, let me sum it up this way. Jason, have you ever been around someone who stinks and they don't know it? Oh, yeah, every day. (laughs) (laughs) That's this church. They think they got it all together, but they don't. Yeah, and I think specifically this church is a church that has one foot in the church. They go to church. 
they hear messages, they, you know, they believe in those messages, they raise their hands a few times during worship, maybe even volunteer in the children's ministry once in a while. But they also have one foot in the world because they like them some sin once in a while too. Oh, yeah. They they're also a wealthy church. And they've got some money and they don't want to get rid of that. They like the things that money has to offer, absolutely. Relying and so on a little bit perhaps. So they really haven't made a choice. And that's what makes them lukewarm. They haven't, you know, we can't, Christianity is kind of an all or nothing. That's why Jesus says, if you want to be my follower, you got to give up everything. Now he's not saying sell everything and go sit in the middle of the street. He's saying, you've got to give up control of everything. You've got to realize it's mine. Give it to me and let me give it, keep it, give it out, whatever, just as I see fit. And you got to be willing to do whatever I say. These people wanted to be Christians. They wanted to carry the banner and have that warm fuzzy that all is well, but they did not want to commit to being fully Christ-like. So therefore, one foot in the church, one foot in the world makes you lukewarm. And unfortunately, I, I would not say that anybody who lives a lukewarm faith is truly a Christ follower. Rick, you're a coffee drinker, right? Uh, drinking some right now, as a matter of fact. Do you yeah. like your, your coffee lukewarm? Uh, absolutely not. I actually kind of, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Right? He's, a <laughs> He's not a good example. Mine is lukewarm right now and it's very good. If it's not completely but, hot or completely cold, I can do either one. I add cream and sugar, so it, it's good, cold, warm. So you like a little hot. bit of a, you like a little coffee with yeah. your cream and sugar. So, yeah. So my advice, folks, if you're lukewarm, put cream and sugar in your pocket. And you're, <laughs> hope for the best, right? And hope for the best. Well, you know, literally, literally he's saying, and we covered this before, but just to, to reiterate, Jesus, he's not really saying, I want you to not be Christ followers, but he's saying, if you're not going to choose, if you're just going to live in the, in the middle somewhere, I'd rather you choose. Choose hell. Okay, at least you can enjoy your life and you'll know why you why you're in hell when you get there. Right. But because and I, but I'd rather you be hot. But you know, face it, why would he say he wants some to choose hell over him? Because if they're not going to choose by living a lukewarm life, you're telling everybody that's the example to follow. You're you're there the witness of the church goes to into the toilet. So he's saying, you know what? It, it would be better. It would be, first of all, I want you to follow me. Be a Christ follower and, and let me, you know, make you a, a mansion in heaven. That'd be great. But if you're not going to do that, don't carry the Christian flag and make the church look bad. Right. Because, you know, what's the hardest thing for the world to get over? Hypocrites in the church. Yeah. Hypocrisy keeps more people from following Christ than anything. And for those of you who are listening who... Who, who think that because the church is full of hypocrites, you don't go there. Um, come on down to the church anyway. We got room for one more. Oh, yeah. Um, we got a lot. We got cheers. <laughs> and I'll also say, if hypocrites are what keeping you away from God, that just means that a hypocrite's closer to God than you are. So uh, get off your duff and get to church. Yep. Right. Yeah, we shouldn't let that, uh, we shouldn't let it keep us from going to church. But at the same token, we know that much of the population does. And I think that's why Jesus is so... Like, look, choose, choose me or don't choose me, but stop hanging around in the middle somewhere. Also add another little way to look at this. If you're worried about hypocrites in church, do overweight people at the gym upset you? I want you to think about that. I don't go to the gym. Because if you go to the gym and you're overweight, you're there to fix a problem. Right. Right. And if you're at the church and you're a hypocrite, you're there to fix a problem. The church is like a hospital for broken people. That's right. That's right. For spiritually broken. You don't go to the hospital and see all healthy people walking around. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So in summary, and then we'll move on. um, It's a lot of information. So let's let me, I'm just going to give it to you like this in a nice little package. What makes your path the correct one? What makes your church, yourself, your path that you're going, the way your feet are pointing, the correct one, basically, and and off these churches. Maintain your passion and intense for for the love of God, the loveless church. Do not fear persecution. Maintain your faith in Christ and willfully die for him, the persecuted church. Do not compromise your faith. Don't fall into the ways of the world and try to compromise faith to make some sin okay. The compromising church. Do not be dead, but live your life Christ-like. 
Share the word, grow fruit, so that all can see the light that comes from you. The corrupt church. Uh, do not be lukewarm, but make a choice to follow the path of, path of Christ or not. Either being lukewarm or cold will keep you from heaven, but at least if you're cold, you will know why you're in hell. A lukewarm church. And doing all of these things will put you in the faithful church, which is where we all should be. Right, and, and know that at the end of each one of these letters, he said, for those of you who do endure, of those who continue to do those things I'm commending without all the other stuff. There's a list of benefits here. There are some benefits That's in right. So I'm going to kind of go through those benefits real quick. Yeah, you seem to have them all summarized there, so. So it says here, to everyone who is victorious for the church at Ephesus, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. So there's the promise of heaven right there, right? Eternal life. For the church at Smyrna, he says, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. That's final judgment, folks. You get, you get a pass. The message to the church of Pergamum, he says... And I will give to each one a white stone, and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. So you will have, he will know who you are in heaven. I kind of look at that like a, the hello, my name is badge. like. <laughs> <laughs> but a special name. But a special name. Yeah. Right? The message to the church in Thyatira, it says, um, this one here is a little longer. So I have a message for the rest of you in Thyatira who are not following the false teaching. I will ask nothing more of you except that you hold tightly to what you have until I come. To all who are victorious, who obey me to the very end, to them I will give authority over all nations. They will rule the nations with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. I got to tell you, after seeing some of the ways that some of these countries are operating today, I'm looking forward to that. And... The church in Sardis, it says, all who are victorious will be clothed in white. I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce before my father and his angels that they are mine. So he is grafting you into the family. Grafting. That's the word I was looking for earlier. (laughs) Grafting. We've come full circle. So for the church of Philadelphia, it says here in, um, so those who are victorious, they will become pillars in the temple of my God. And they will never have to leave it. And I will write on them the name of my God, and they will be citizens in the city of my God and the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. To the church in Laodicea, there's the promise that says, those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. So the moral of the story is you'll want to be you want to have those rewards, period. You really want to be in that faithful church. Mm-hmm. And that means what? You have to be the faithful church. Doesn't matter what everybody else in your church is doing. You should be faithful. And that's your call. Word. Yeah. And just in case anybody is like, what do you mean second death? Let me clear that up. Hell is a holding place. You go to hell, you wait final judgment. And once final judgment comes, if you have your second death, which is you die, you go to hell because you're bad. <laughs> and then you await final judgment. And then if you do not, if, if God does not find a way to bring you into heaven, which would be based on your works, not your faith, because you didn't have faith and that's why you ended up in hell, um, which if it's based on your works, you don't stand a chance. Um, which is the reason why Jesus Christ came because no one could live their life through works. It was impossible. You will go into the lake of fire, which is your final, final resting place. And actually there's three levels of hell and there's, um, (laughs) there is three levels, one being worse than all of them. And guess who goes to the worst level? Those that know the word but choose not to live it. So see, I thought, I thought it was those who cook steaks. Well done. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. So it's game <laughs> time guys. Yeah. I'm trying to be serious. We have time for that. 
Do we have time? We're going to have to. Okay. I told them we're playing a game. All right. I, it's this. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so it's game time. Let's spin the wheel. <laughs> big money. Big money. No whammies. It takes, there's so much momentum there. I use my muscles. Oh, man. True or false? True or false. Uh, what is true? Let me pull up the uh, true or false app. Ooh, got a punch in the face. <laughs> okay. All right. Who's going to go first? Spin the, spin the thing. Nathan goes okay. first. I guess I go first. All right. Uh, here we go. The story in chapter one of First Chronicles is very exciting. True or false? Oh, dear Lord. First Chronicles 1, you have to know what the story is in that particular chapter to answer this question. You just have to know if it's exciting or not. Well, First Chronicles is Old Testament, right? So it's talking about the history of the kings of Israel, which means to me, I'm going to assume that's pretty exciting because I'm a nerd. Go ahead. I'll say true. You're wrong. What? I was going to say. Because it, nerdy stuff isn't exciting. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> there is no story in First Chronicles chapter 1. It was all just It's a long list of names. Yeah. yeah. See, that's <laughs> exciting to me. I'm just going to throw <laughs> that out there. Yep. See, that's the difference. It's all subjective, <laughs> right? <laughs> Nerd. Nerd. God used the drinking method of a warrior to assemble an elite squad. True or false, Rick? They did use a drinking method to determine who was going to go with Gideon. So I'm going to say true. Why couldn't I get that one? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're correct. By the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into, the hand, into your hand. Let all the other people go, each to his own place. Yeah. Judges 7-7. Seven, seven. It was about either he had to, uh, it depended on if you actually cupped the water with or your hand and brought like it dog. up yep. or if you lapped it like a dog. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Very strange method, but hey, God can do anything he wants. He's God. Okay. Nathan, question three. Pronouncing Shiboleth, Shiboleth, Shiboleth. Whatever you, that's Rick, easy you want to help him out with that one? This gets, <laughs> this gets even better. Pronouncing Shiboleth wrongly could cost you your life. So I may be I dead. I want Rick's pronunciation. Hand on the phone. Uh, you, you take it away, baby. <laughs> True or false? If you pronounce I have no idea that. what the word is. Uh, spell it for me. S-H-I-B-B-O-L-E-T-H. Shibboleth. Shibboleth. Okay. Shibboleth. All right. So read the question one more time. Pronouncing Shibboleth wrongly could cost you your life. True or false? I'm going to say true. True. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> All right. He said Shibboleth, or he couldn't, he couldn't manage to <laughs> pronounce it right. A bunch of kids in here. <laughs> then they seized him and killed him in the fords of the, at the fords of the Jordan, whatever. Okay. Rick, question four. During his years on earth, Jesus healed almost every kind of sickness. True or false? Almost every kind? Um, boy, I feel like I, I'm overthinking this. I know. I mean, he, in various kinds, I'm going to say true. False. He healed every kind of sickness. No disease was too great for Come him. Come again? That's a little, that's Wait a, a little minute. rude. What? Oh, I said true because <laughs> I was, was agreeing with words. that. What was it? What was the question again? Um, oh, you can't go back. He healed almost every sickness. Oh, for crying out loud. I guess it was a uh, Yeah. You gotta pay attention. Come on. I want to hear children crying. Right now, I want to hear children crying. You get that. No, children's weep. They're weeping. How about now? (laughs) I like that better. I'll go. All right. All right. Carry on. Question number five. Wait, did you get one wrong? Yeah. So you both got one wrong. That's right. Okay. Aeneas. 
Ananias? Yeah, Ananias. I think that's right. Anani- Ananias. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> and Sapphira. 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 Ananias and Sapphira were now an axe. Were infamous for dying at Peter's feet after they lied about selling their house. That's correct. Wrong. Okay, now wait a second. Both now, died at Peter's feet, that. but they sold their land, not their house. <laughs> it's a mother. I knew it. As soon as he said it, I'm like, oh, <laughs> These questions are for the birds. They were, yeah, these questions are terrible. That's like who's buried in Grant's tomb kind of thing there. All right, bring it on. If a plane crashes, where do you bury the survivors? Question six. (laughs) Rick, when Job has lost nearly everything, including his sons and daughters, the first thing he did was to praise the name of the Lord. First thing he does is praise the name of the Lord. I don't think that was the first thing he did. Could be wrong, but I don't recall that being the first thing. And I don't trust these questions anymore. Yeah, I mean, I just I feel like there's more to it. Praise God, my family's dead. You must have really hated those kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say <laughs> false, and I'm probably wrong. Okay. I don't know the answer yet, but I'm going to say because of his unabounding faith and praise to the Lord, no matter what came across him. And that was a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'd say this is true. That, yeah, I mean, you know make, there's if a, his kids were teenagers, this is probably true. Probably. Yeah. I'm still going to say false. <laughs> oh, which you're wrong. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. And I said that earlier. I said, I'm going to be wrong, but I hit true instead of false, but Okay. So you both have yeah, two I, wrong. Yeah, I, yeah. Question seven goes to Nathan, but the answer to this is Job one twenty one. Job said, "Naked I come out of my mother's room, and naked shall I return there." The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Nathan, Jacob had not one but two wives, Leah and Rachel. Mm-hmm. True or false? Now, now you got me thinking. All right, read the question again. Jacob not had not one but two wives, Leah and Rachel. See, now I'm doubting myself because of the question. <laughs> it seems like an easy answer of yes. I'm going to go true. True. False. He had Leah and Rachel, but he was also given their maids, oh. Bella and Zilpha, no, as that's- wives. Was that your answer? I knew you were going to say that. No, I, yeah. I knew it was false, but I knew you were going to say it because it just seemed like the right answer. Yeah. It just seemed right because those are the two that are, you know, that's- That's because the, they gave the their, con- basically the, the, the wives right. gave their, their servants because they were in a battle for, uh, they were battling sisters for who could create the yeah, most progeny. Just, <laughs> right. Just- So you both have three wrong. Rude. I don't like any of these questions. <laughs> because I don't think that those, I don't think, did Bella actually get married? To him? I don't think she did, nor did so. Apparently she did. Genesis 30 something, if you want to look it up. Of course, then again, the way I look at it is if you have a child with somebody, you're married, regardless if they call That the is true. That is so true. Yeah. Especially in Genesis. I am going to look this up in Genesis. Way 30. back. Anyway, Rick, answer question eight. I should just answer it before you even give me. True or false? <laughs> true. Okay. After <laughs> Daniel was cast into the lion's den, his its entry was sealed shut with bricks and mortar. Shoot, I don't even remember how it was sealed up. I know it was sealed up, but I don't remember. Uh, it was sealed. I, I'll say true. Why not? False. Uh, of course it is. The stone was brought oh, and laid and yeah, in the mouth makes... of the lion's den, yeah. and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I would never... Um, nothing I would commit to memory. So it's three wrong, four wrong. Question nine goes to Nathan. After Saul's conversation. I see nothing in here that suggests. You can't read the whole book of Genesis already. (laughs) I just read chapter 30. Thank you very much, sir. (laughs) That fast? That's that's fast. That's why you didn't see it. Too fast. (laughs) Wow. You you better Google it. After Saul's conversion, he went back to Jerusalem. 
he received a warm welcome by the disciples there. True or false? False. Correct. When Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. Okay. I want most of your questions so far. I don't like any of mine. So <laughs> if you... We're tied right now. Correct, I guess I'm technically... No, you're ahead. No, if yeah. he answers correctly, you're tied. And we'll okay. go into a tiebreaker. Rick, for the tie. Pressure's on. When Israel crossed... Wait a second. Didn't he get the first question? No, I got the first question. Go ahead. I actually did it right this time. You did. Thank you. When Israel crossed the Jordan... The Ark of the Covenant was the first to go in and the last to go out. I don't remember. I just read that too, not too long ago. But these are, again, these are facts that I don't think about. First in, last out. See, I thought it was first. Got a 50-50 shot here, Rick. I'm going to go with false. Of course it's right. Wrong. Of course it's wrong. God used the Ark to stop the Jordan, but the the priest carrying the ark stood firm in the middle of the river until all Israel had well, passed. Mm. Joshua three fifteen through seventeen. Nathan wins. Yay! Go ahead, is that kids. The first time. Is that the first time? It is. Won? Congratulations. Congratulations. And it only took Rick, like thirty episodes. I'm so uh. sorry. <laughs> you have two losses in a row. Yeah. And you were like. On a winning streak, like you haven't lost yet That's until right. last week. You see how much I'm sweating over this, right? No, I don't see any sweat. <laughs> it's dripping. Okay. Like so. in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> look, we just look out in the parking lot. That's all those are the sweat. It keeps me humble. That's, but Rick, I think that's a good thing. I have good news for you. Yeah? I do. It is time for songs of the week. <laughs> <laughs> So who's gone first this this week? Well, not me. And now is it because he won, he gets to go first, or do I get to go first as a consolation prize? You get to go first as a consolation prize. All right, well, there you go. So this week uh, I have chosen a song that I actually shared uh, with our church on a uh, group me uh, group chat this week, uh, the song's really been speaking to me a lot and actually making me think a lot about uh, just the the condition of our church as a whole. And uh, we're going to go back a few years on this one, all the way back to 1989. And the song is called Shine On by a group called Mastodon. Now, for those of you who don't know who Mastodon is, basically they were... Uh, uh, it was kind of a, I don't know who actually started the group, but um, it's a play on words. John and Dino Elefante are songwriters. Uh, John Elefante actually sang lead for Kansas for some time and and then went on to do uh, Christian music on his own. And John and Dino did a lot of uh, producing. And they're also, uh, you know, just, I mean, they're, they're up there in the uh, Christian music world, but um, they had, a, uh, of course, the Elefante, they did a little play on words and created a group called Mastodon. And they did this song called Shine On. And it, uh, it basically, uh, I'm going to read just some of the words here. Uh, for uh, far beneath the raging sea on the ocean floor, so many ships are lost eternally with no light to guide them to the safety of the shore. They go down forevermore beneath the unforgiving ocean's roar. Only light can save them. Will you shine again tonight? Lead them safely through the night? And um, before I read the chorus, the verse two, he says, you know, he's talking about these ships that go down because of lack of light. And now he kind of goes on to talk about us. And he said, though your, want, uh, though your warning, being Christ followers, often goes unheeded, Though there are still many lost at sea, let your light shine for the few who seek to find their way to safety. Form the deadly, uh, from the under, yeah, let's try that again. From the, it actually says form, believe it or not. (laughs) I believe it. (laughs) From the deadly undertow that lies below, 
Those who seek will follow. Lead them to safety, to your shore. With a light they can't ignore. Shine on, shine on. Through the darkest, darkest night, shine on, shine on till the morning light. Shine on, let your guiding light keep shining through the night. It's basically, you know, telling us as Christ followers, keep shining. Let that light shine. And I know you're going to get discouraged. And I know you're going to want to quit. In fact, at the very end of the song, they said, don't give up your fight. Shine on. He's like, I know people don't listen. And I know as for Christians out there, we get really discouraged sometimes because we keep sharing Christ and people say no, 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 because they don't care. But he said, you know what? There's a few that want to go to shore. They want to be, they want to find safety. So just don't give up the fight and shine on. Very meaningful song. It's a rock group, but this song is all like keyboards and tambourine. So, yeah. but very, very awesome. And it doesn't even sound too dated if you listen to it. So give it, a, give it a whirl. Will do. So I'm not actually much of a music listener and I hadn't decided what song I was going to do this week until I heard Rex start talking and he started talking so much about shine on that I decided I would just pick another shine song <laughs> and go with that. So is, this, I'm gonna, is it newsboys? It's newsboys. Ah, Dull as dirt, you can't assert the kind of light that might persuade a strict dictator to retire, fire the army, teach the poor origami. The truth is in, the proof is when you hear your heart start asking, what's my motivation? That's the opening lyrics to the song. Check it out. It's actually a very fun, upbeat, cheerful song um, about shining on your, your Christian. But then you got to read, and what's the course? Read the course. That's the best part. Well, it doesn't go right after that. So it's, I know. So it's okay. Skip ahead. Shine. Skip ahead. Make them wonder what you've got. Make them wish that they were not on the outside looking board. Shine. <laughs> let it shine before all men. Let them see good works and then let them glorify the Lord. There you go. All right. That is truly an amazing song. It, it does sound a little dated, much like uh, my <laughs> song of the week, <laughs> but a <laughs> tremendous uplifting song. And it makes you think, you it know, we've got to smile shine. on your face. I yeah. promise. Well, and hopefully these, both these songs will inspire you to shine because we live in a world where we can stick out like a sore thumb. And if you don't, you're probably not a Christ follower. True story. Okay. Mine is, it is well. And before you say anything. I ain't saying a thing. I haven't even listened. I mean, I've heard the song many times, <laughs> but I Let just. Yes. We're I playing just, this at church this week, aren't we? Yes. But, <laughs> but, but I haven't. Pro, I just programmed a song today. I haven't even listened to the song last yet, so I haven't even heard it yet. I've heard it many times, but not this week. <laughs> so did you pick it before the list went out? I just picked it because I'm never organized. <laughs> um, anyway, so it is you, well. If you want to hear a really good rendition of this song, um, I highly recommend you uh, look up a, a singer by the name of Wentley Phipps. That's P-H-I-P-P-S, I think. First name, Wintley, W-E-N-T-L-E-Y. Um, he is a, a very deep voice singer. Oh, you like those, don't you? And uh, Mr. Long Black Train. Something like that. Long Black Train. Uh, <laughs> but that's, this song that you picked <laughs> is the story behind it is, wow. Maybe you should have picked it. History, man. Well, see, now I think you're talking about the, see, there's a hymn, it is well, but then they took this song and they used the hymn, but they've added quite a bit to it. Yeah, that's true. So it really only I'm hits thinking the, of the actual yeah, hymn. It only hits the hymn at the very end. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, it's the only part that Jason gets to play on. <laughs> he only <laughs> plays on the hymn. Everything they wrote, which is like 90% of the song is actually uh drumless. We'll see about that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So I actually picked this song for a reason. It wasn't because it's coming up this week. It's because of the world we're living in right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the lyrics and that will explain what I mean. Grander earth has quaked before, moved by the sound of his voice, seals, seas that were shaken and stirred can be calmed and broken for my regard. And through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. And through it all, and through it all, it is well. And far be it from me to not believe, even when my eyes can't see. In this mountain that is in front of me will be thrown in the midst of the sea. So let my soul entrust in him. The waves and wind still know his name. 
and it is well with my soul and stuff. It's good, it's good stuff. <laughs> you know, a uh, true story. Every time we do that song, it's makes the hair on the back of my neck and all that. I stand up and I get teary eyed almost yeah. every time. I would love for us to do the original hymn one time. Uh, no hymns allowed, please. Thank you. <laughs> no hymns allowed. <laughs> We uh, like, that's not totally true. We like to, I'm, but, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is actually a battle between uh, it, Jason and Nate. It's, it has nothing to do with church. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, there is a, a hymn I, I absolutely love that I remember as a small child. Um, uh, something on eagle's wings, something like that. That's all I remember. You know what I'm talking about? No. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. No, I know eagles. Wings. Eagles wings and uh, eagles wings. I don't know. See, yeah, I, I remember it, but I can't not cite it. Nathan, mm-hmm. anything? I'm gonna need a little more than eagles wings. Eagles wings. It's a hymn. This reminds me, and I hate to admit it, but I there was an episode of Married with Children where he's going, hmm, hmm, him, <laughs> He's like, what is that song? What is that song? Hmm, him, and they're like, on eagles. I wings. need more. <laughs> And then he finally, it, it was go with him or something like <laughs> him. So I'm, I'm kind of having a flashback. I think I that. got it here. Um, that, that show was, Oh, it's a Catholic. It's just a train wreck. It not, is a train wreck. Yeah. I, I, there were some funny one liners. I yeah. will say that. So I will uh, say that. That's why I know. I it. just remember it because he kept going around going, mm-hmm, him. Uh, it's, 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 okay. I remember them from a part of my life when I was running my own business and I would have to stay up all night while my wife and son slept. And so I would use late night TV to just keep me awake in the background while I was working. So I've seen literally every married with children, every, <laughs> uh, Frasier, every Seinfeld, anything that was on at like, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning. It was always background too. I on this little teeny TV and I didn't even really pay attention to it, but I couldn't really not remember him. <laughs> so I found the lyrics and he will rise you up on Eagle's wings. What's the song on Eagle's wings? Oh, Oh, that's so, oh, okay. There you go. I guess you didn't need one. And he was, and he will raise you up on Eagle's wings, bear you on the breath of dawn, make you shine like the sun, hold you in the palm of his hand. Wow, I literally don't know that hymn. You will dwell in the shelter of the Lord. You will abide in his shadow for life. Um, dash your foot against the stone, and he will raise you up on eagle's wings. And it goes on. But it's got a great melody, too. I mean, well, there you it, go. it stuck with me for my whole life. Well, there you go. So it must be good. All right. Well, there's uh, your second pick of the week. <sighs> Whatever. So we were about ready to go out with a thought. This week's thought of the week comes to us from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, which simply says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Here's the word I have for us tonight if, as we talked about the seven churches and the things we need to do, the things we need not do. You know, the most important thing we can do is simplify our life. That's the word I want us to think about tonight. I'm not talking about going out and living like the, you know, the, what do you call it? The, oh goodness, the Amish people. Um, nothing wrong with that, but I'm not saying that. I'm just saying simplify. Simplify, strip off the sin, strip off all these things, even the need for works, and just focus on the relationship you have with Christ. In fact, the strip, if you go on to verse two, it says, you know, we do this, we we stay on track by keeping our eyes on Christ. Everything that distracts us takes our eyes off Christ. So whatever you do, simplify enough of your life that you can keep your eyes on Christ. And let's run with endurance the race God has put before us so that we might receive those rewards talked about in those letters we read. And that's my thought for today. Amen. Good. Folks, thanks so much for joining us. This is a long episode, so I hope you uh, didn't fall asleep, but I, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, good stuff, uh, I think, is an important, important topic to discuss. I think each one of us can learn from that and identify where we are in in those letters to the seven churches and repent. Uh, You have that gift given to you and you may receive it. Repent and turn to the Lord 
and whatever you're doing that is frowned upon by our Lord, you can certainly turn it around and turn your life around and turn your feet towards Christ and walk in that light. Um, please uh, share the episode, tell your friends and family, um, follow us on your favorite podcast app. If you haven't hit that follow button so you don't miss an episode and we will see you next week. And uh, last Sunday, I told you I was pretty busy on Sunday shorts. Maybe I'll squeeze one out. I'm not sure yet. But that's the show for this evening. Say goodnight, Rick. Goodnight, Rick. Say goodnight, Nate. Goodnight, Nate. Goodnight, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>